digging a well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. My name is Tyler, and hate to break it to you, but we aren't going to Egypt today. We're pitching our tents, and we are going to dig. So I need you to stop what you're doing. Stay right where you are. Sometimes God calls us to stay put. So let's start staying and welcome in my favorite Philistines, fresh off from filling up my water wells with dirt, <laughs> Barry and Marin. Good day, guys. Well, howdy. You are like a juggernaut of wit. How are you guys doing? Wow. <laughs> Man, that was, a, that was a last second intro. That was amazing. Should yeah. should they know? They yeah. should know. We are hot off the press. Hot off <laughs> services, man. We usually record this podcast on a Monday where we've had at least 24 hours to process everything that's happened on the weekend. But we are here on Sunday afternoon recording between Sundays because we wanted the continuity. Barry is about to head out on a retreat and he would not be available if we were going for Monday. So Barry's here. Sorry. I appreciate this. This thank is really you. great. Yeah, thank, thank you, you guys for all like being available. I was getting worried. Like, how are we going to talk about Barry's sermon without Barry yeah, around? He's well, got to be a part. Yeah. Well, here I am. So we were, <laughs> we were going to have like Emily or Amy Christie sit in and do their best Barry nerd voice, mm-hmm. but. Mm. I would still be interested in that. It's really yeah, not we, that hard, guys. <laughs> we we still might try to pull that off, but glad to be here. The whole gang's here. Barry spoke about staying put and Isaac. And so we're going to dig into, man, there's so many digging and wells, puns, but uh, (laughs) we're going to dig into that in a little bit. But first I want to know, guys, what, what's going on? What's happening? You start Barry. Yeah. I don't know. Not a lot is happening. What have you been doing? What have you been up to? I saw Black Panther on Friday. Olivia and I went and saw that and it was great. We love that. That's going to be like a record breaker, right? That's like set to break all kinds of box office records. And really? I haven't really been tracking all that. Is it? I don't, yeah, I haven't it's heard. It's like supposed to be the most popular movie ever. Oh, wow. More popular than Peter Rabbit, which just came out. Avatar. Yeah. Maybe Titanic. Uh, I think so. I don't know. We'll see. Come on, people. I, you want it to be more. You, you don't well, like You know why? You know I, why these movies keep breaking records is because the ticket prices now are like $14 for yeah. a matinee. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's why they're breaking records. How many actual people are going to see it? That's what so I So what'd you know. think? Black Panther, what'd you think? Oh, I loved it. I mean, I'm a, Liv and I love Marvel movies. We watch all of the, all of the Marvel movies. And um, this one was great for me specifically because it has great character development. Most Marvel movies, it's like, oh, we got to fight this guy and go get the MacGuffin or whatever, the you know, MacGuffin, the, yeah. the thing that they have to go get that's the a special McDonald's, thing. That's a new McDonald's item. No, I don't think that's what <laughs> We got to go get the new MacGuffin. <laughs> You've heard that phrase before, Marin. No. no. MacGuffin. It's like a, it, whenever in a movie, whenever someone's like, we've got to go get the quad reactor to change the, <laughs> to change the quantum field. It's always like, you don't know what they're doing, but they Marin, have to go. I'm trying to figure out Marin's what voice that right was. I don't know. It was, that a, was not a nerd that was voice. clearly Thor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, basically it's like, you don't really know what's going on, but they've got to go get the thing. And so they have to break into the building and get the thing. It's like every movie has yeah. it. And you're ultimately you're like, so that's dumb. But yeah. anyway, this movie didn't have any really much of that. It was mostly character development and like a really good plot and some really like a bad guy without any spoilers, a bad guy that you actually feel has some legitimacy in what he's on about. So, so you guys saw that on Friday. Yeah. Okay. And then one day later, Mm -hmm. your awesome, beautiful wife took both of my kids to go see that movie. So she loved it enough to see it two days in a row. And she wanted to be a Black Panther evangelist and take others to make sure they see the light. She is a, uh, 
I did not see that one coming. Her being a huge Marvel fan. Oh yeah. She's she very loved much into it, huh? it. Yeah. She, this is, I wish she was here to, to talk about it. She would tell you that I think, she, I think Black Panther is now maybe edging out Captain America as her favorite uh, superhero. Really? So, which is a big deal for Liv because, because Captain, Captain America, he's, he's the man. Wow. So, All right. Yeah. Anyway, it was really good. Good themes. Good, good, good great, uh, great like action scenes. And yeah, you saw it, right? Or you haven't seen I it? I have not seen it. I have I not either. To. Oh, well, why are we talking about it now? We got to wait till we all have seen it. Well, now we you're going to make me want to see it because well, I normally wouldn't want to see it. I'm not a big Marvel movie person. I kind of, mm-hmm. I sit through those movies because uh-huh. my family you wants to see them. them. Yes, I do. But then I'm always the one, I always sit next to my son. Because he has no choice but to put up with my questions. So oh, who's you that? During the movie? What's he doing? Why is he doing that? You're the person I shush. <laughs> I'm real discreet about it, but Jaden's real patient with his mom and uh-huh. he explains all Jayden, the rest of the MacGuffin tell your mom, mom. You gotta and tell the- your mom to pipe down. <laughs> the MacGuffin's not actually a thing in a Marvel movie, to be clear. It's just, there's no actual, yeah. Jayden, so you're not, so you're not like- something about a MacGuffin. Where yeah. is yes, that? Yes, Jaden. They're bringing him back, bringing him back to McDonald's. Uh, so you're saying that you don't know exactly where all of the different infinity stones currently reside in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh goodness, no. Do you know what an infinity <laughs> I stone have no is? Idea what no. Is happening. <laughs> I don't. What is it? What? I don't know what it is. You don't know what the infinity stones are? I I'm, I'm going right, to have to bust out my nerd voice, I guys. Got to be honest. Uh-oh. After the second Avengers movie, I was out on Marvel. I was <laughs> Not like, your thing? No, nah, I mean, it's the same thing over and over again. Like you were saying, it's just kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see this one, but I was in until the second Avengers movie and like, how many times does the world have to be threatened to be destroyed? Yeah, it's a little frustrating. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So- I don't know what an infinity stone is. Can you tell me what that is? Do you know? We don't need is, to spend too much time on this. Yeah. Okay, I don't know anything about infinity stones or anything like that. I spend my time learning about the names of musicians in bands. Can you tell me the Good guitar for player you. for Pink Floyd? Or, I mean, Jeff, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, I don't know. Oh, that's good stuff. That's oh, good man. stuff. No, that's what I, I spend my brain space on things like that. Yeah. Good for you, Marin. Yeah. That's- yeah. It serves me well. I don't know what I spend my brain space on. A lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. What, what uh, else is going on? Oh gosh. And suddenly it just falls silent. Ooh. Silent around Marin, here. what's new in your life? Man, I had a tough week. I had a real tough week. Tough week. Um, but then kind of, it, it's all God. It's all God. So we just came off of four services in a row. Barry and I were both here at 146 this weekend, which was awesome. Um, and I picked these songs way before my week ever got tough. Hmm. And so part hmm. of like the blessing slash challenge of this week was like looking at these songs that were already in place and the words are just hitting me in a new way every time I sing them. In fact, I was telling um, somebody earlier, um, Thursday we rehearse and I was just running some songs through in my office just to make sure that I was prepared heading into our rehearsal. And I couldn't get through a single song without just mm. choking and crying. And oh. both, my, both my kids were with me too. And my daughter's just watching me just melt oh, down. No. And she looks at me at one point and she's like, you got this mom. Oh yeah, <laughs> sweet. Which is the best thing ever. Um, but yeah, it's just for me, there's too much going on. But God is so faithful through all of it that I can see how he was 
just even preparing me um, for this weekend and to shoulder that burden through the weekend and yeah, yeah, and to be able to sing these songs from a very deep place and that's the that's yeah. the thing that I don't think a lot of people realize about minute that makes ministry so unique. Um, I mean, because there's you could sing music in a big place and that's a that's a a job and I you know you could do public speaking or mm-hmm. or a speech somewhere and that's a big job but suddenly when you are trying to speak truth that's from the heart of God to a people, you have to constantly be thinking like, okay, what do they need? How can I shepherd them? How can mm-hmm. I pastor them through this? It's not just about like, oh, I want to make a neat speech. Like I'm always, you know, when I'm preaching, I'm thinking, okay, how is this going to feed and and yep. help shepherd the people? But every now and then, like what happened with you, Marin, mm-hmm. you you realize that your your blasts of shepherding beams <laughs> are all of a sudden turned <laughs> turned onto yourself, and you realize like, oh, this is exactly for me. The the things that I'm trying to tell other people right. is exactly what I need to hear. The things I'm singing to, for other people is exactly what I need to hear. And so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It can make it a little bit more complicated and draining when yeah. you're when you're when you have that responsibility, you're like a sheep. That's also the shepherd. <laughs> that is good. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's yeah, a that's very true. good hashtag way to tra- say it. Trademark. I don't <laughs> hashtag sheep. A sheep. That is also sheep shepherd. the sheep shepherd. shepherd. Yeah. Um, how far in advance do you pick songs for Grace Church? Um, it depends anywhere from one to two to three weeks out. It just, really? it just depends. Um, yeah, I think I got these. So I always like to, we have this thing we use planning center mm-hmm. um, for all of our volunteer musicians. I don't know if everyone realizes that um, like basically all of our volunteers that play with us on the weekend are, they're all volunteers, all those awesome musicians that you hear week to week to week. So, and production. And production as well. Yeah, yes, you're crazy. absolutely right. Yep, yep, yep. So for their sake, I try to put the songs in planning center at least a week in advance. So they have a week to practice and sit with those songs and they always come prepared. And uh, to my shame, sometimes they come more prepared than I do. So that's why I was in my office running through things, just making sure that I had my head together. Little did I know that I needed that time so that I've told my, my daughter this before, if you can cry it all out in rehearsal alone, then you will not cry in front of the people. Mm. And it worked. Really? It worked. (laughs) Yes. Interesting. Thank you, Jesus. Well, when I saw you, I, I snuck in for the 11 o'clock service at 146th Street. Because you were down at North Indy. I was, yeah. I was down in North Indy, but I sped up here. Well, I didn't speed. Followed the law. Uh, <laughs> I came Good up clarification. Here. Yeah, yeah. I came up here. In case there's any police officers yeah, that's listening right. to that's this. Right. Uh, came up here because I knew we had to record this. And so I snuck in and uh, caught the last, I caught your sermon again. And then I caught the last couple songs and it seemed Marin that you were singing from a place like that was just like out of body. Mm. It felt that way to me. And i I was behind the like half wall or whatever they call those things where half my body's like seen mm-hmm. but the, my legs, nobody could see my legs. Is that why you weren't wearing any pants? (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Nobody would ever know. Uh, But I was standing there and I was like jumping around and moving around because it was just so powerful because I know a little bit about your week. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was just, thank you for that moment. I I know that that was probably pretty tough doing it a number of times, but um, sounds like it, it wasn't so tough that you cried. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, like you were saying, it, it doesn't make it easier, but. No. And we, we sang about how he was our, our strong tower and our rock. And we don't just sing those things because they're cute or because they rhyme. We sing them because they're true. Mm-hmm. And that was it. 
He yeah. was, I mean, God was my backbone this week and kept the tears at bay until I could go off stage and cry in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> was All right. good. God is good. <laughs> well, something we talked about uh, in services, I think every service we talked about this, but obviously if, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that there was a horrific shooting at a high school down in Florida last week. And we talked about, um, you know, as a church there, it feels like we're all kind of helpless at this time. We're a church in Indiana, but I know when I, when I was in North Indy, Rob Yonan, the pastor of North Indy got up and started talking about, uh, he remembers back to Columbine. What was that? 90. What was that? Was it 99? 99. Maybe? Yeah. I don't remember. I'm not sure. I was sure. in high school. He, yeah, I was in high yeah, school. Yeah, I re- he said he remembers, um, he knew people in ministry in the area surrounding area of Columbine. Mm. And he remembers asking them years later, like, what did you need? How did you feel? And he, he said, they just felt completely exhausted and spent and, you're just giving so much to that community because you are shepherding an influx of people who are confused and broken and, you know, terrible situation. Yeah. And so he gave us a good, a good list of things to pray for. Um, but you know, he also admitted I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Like this is enough's enough, man. Um, so I was wondering, I mean, Marin, you've got kids. Mm-hmm. You yeah. talked last week about your your registering Jaden for high school already. Yeah. yeah. Um, how'd you guys how'd you guys process everything that happened last week? Yeah, Mel mentioned in a few of the services um, today as she was she was hosting and um, Melody Boyer is the campus pastor here at one forty six, and she talked about that rage um, that we're angry and we're upset by this, um, and at a few different points she mentioned many of us in this room are parents and having these fears as we drop our kids off every day. And I think for any parent, that's where, that's where your mind goes immediately. It's like, man, what if that was my kid? Of course. What if that was, and, and there's nothing saying that it wouldn't be, there's no rhyme or reason to these shootings and their locations. And it's just as random as anything, you know? Um, But again, these songs were picked so far in advance. It just so happened. We sang, in Christ alone, my hope is found. Mm. Um, no power of hell, no scheme of man could ever pluck me from his hand um, till he returns, till he calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I stand. So, yeah. Um, Can as, you tell me how to do that? As I fear, <laughs> as I fear, and with all these things, um, like I said, with you know, sickness in my family, stuff that's going on, you know, is Christ my solid rock? when the world is insane and I can't make sense of it, is he still my solid rock? Mm. You know, I love um, so many times Dave has referenced even here on this pod, staying in the room with God, taking these things that we're angry about and wrestling with to God, instead of just wagging our finger at him or shaking our fist at him, like he can take it. Right now I see him as my big, big father and I can kind of pound my fists on his chest and bury my face in his chest and just say, why? Yeah. And he can take that and he wants me to do that. That's mm. my God, mm. you know? So that's how I'm processing right now. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I was feeding my seven month old baby the day the shooting happened and I was sitting there and I was like, man, 
there are parents of 17 kids and more who were injured, 17 kids who were doing this 17 years ago. They were sitting at a table somewhere feeding their little baby. And uh, now those little babies are, are not going to come home. And I just had this wave of emotion like this. I mean, I'm a, I'm a new dad. So I'm mm-hmm. like, this is everything. This is everything to me right now. And for somebody to take that away in that fashion, like mm-hmm. I've never been more infuriated and scared because you're right. Like why, why wouldn't it or couldn't it happen here? And so, yeah, it's, it's been a hard week because the kids who, went, who the kids who go to that high school down in Florida, they've grown up in a mass shooting culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't even alive when Columbine happened, most likely. Right. Yeah. And th- this is what they've known the world to be. And I think that might be a difference in how they are reacting to what's, what's happening. Like mm. all I see are kids rising up on the news and like yeah. in interviews and mm-hmm. on social media being like, this is enough. They're angry. You know, we're, this is it. This is the, there's a hashtag going around about like how this is going to be the last mass shooting ever because these kids are mad enough to start trying to make some kind of change. And I don't know when I was looking at it through the eyes of a parent, I'm like, I can't even imagine losing this. When I'm sitting here, I'm feeding my baby. And why, why couldn't it be him in 17 years? You know? It was devastating. Yeah, I, I, I wrestle. I struggle with all of this because obviously I'm I'm devastated too. And I mm-hmm. was weeping, looking at some of the photos and videos of what they were going through in the middle of this. But I also find myself um, probably a little bit on the darker side, a little bit more cynical side. I look at it. And I think I don't. I don't think this is going to change anything. I've, yeah, I've, beca- I've right. become I, I've become kind of numb to it. I mean, I was just looking <laughs> as you were saying that. I was looking. Um, at the, you know, Twitter, the app has like the today's moments. Yeah. And it's like today's moments, not a single one of them has anything to do with that shooting. Yeah, Instead, we've already moved on. It's, wow. like, it's like shirtless skiers know how to cheer on their teammate. 11 <laughs> relatable tweets for the week. <laughs> yeah. You know, Russian curlers suspected of doping. It's like, okay, we, we've already moved we've on. Moved on. And there's some very upset people out there. And I'm sure this, yeah. every time people are like, I mean, Las Vegas happened and everybody yeah. was like, holy well, cow. Now it's changed. That, that was like the, 20 minutes this ago. This is over, you know, but, Nobody even thinks about it. And I just think, Mm. I think we are, um, because it's so frequent and it's just this onslaught of, of just awful experiences. I think we have just become numb to it. We, we, we have our, you know, we get punched in the gut when we hear this new thing. And then we're like, I just can't, I can't stay in this Mm -hmm. uncertainty and this misery. And so I'm going to find other things to think about. And so like, I really hope I really hope that they're right and that I this is that, that this is going to be something different. And I hope that these young people do inspire, you know, some kind of change. They're they're talking about doing some big school walkout on March 14th, right. like nationwide. And like, I hope it happens. And I, I hope, hope so too. I hope it like, you know, inspires some kind of change. But I'm I'm just I'm like, man, I don't see, I don't see us corporately as a culture. Uh, making progress in this area. And I, to me, it, it just brings it back to like, why do we have a church? Like mm-hmm. what's the church mm-hmm. for? Mm. It's to be, we were singing about this today, to be salt and light in the yeah. world. We, this is how God is going to heal the world is through us, through the church. 
And while I, government, politics, all that is important and we need to speak into it. I'm also like, man, we actually have the hope. And if we're sitting on our butts, not doing anything as the church, that's when I feel like we've really missed, missed our purpose. Yeah. And so, but I don't know what, I mean, I'm open to suggestions as far as specifically, Seriously. what do we do? Yeah. Uh, Cause this is, this is becoming part of just our world mm-hmm. and yeah. I'd never thought about it that way. There are high school students experiencing it who never grew up yeah. in a pre-Columbine world. I've never yep. thought about that before. Wow. And I, I'm kind of with you. Like Newtown happened, I don't know how many years ago, but that was literal little kids, like babies mm-hmm. that were taken out of this world and nothing changed. Yeah. So why would it change now? But yeah. I'm I'm hopeful that I'm hopeful something's different. Yeah. Well, we, we, we just wanted to touch on that because we know that obviously that conversation is happening probably in your life and uh, in your families and your, the conversations you're having at work. And so, um, yeah, we're having it too. And we don't have answers. Obviously we, all, we stood up at three campuses today and probably talked about ways we can pray. Um, and we do believe prayer is effective, but um, we say that we're going to pray. We, we do pray every time and it, and nothing's changed so far. So it's, it's, it's hard, but I do think that it deserves conversation here. So mm-hmm. thanks for bearing with us. All right, let's turn the corner and talk about staying put and Isaac and Barry, you gave the message this past weekend. So do you mind sharing a little bit about the big idea? I mean, you've, you're really I could give you the whole sermon right now. I have memory, <laughs> like, but basically by this point. Yeah. So you're, you literally walked off stage and walked in here. And so can you, for those who may have missed the service yeah. or forget what we talked about, can you kind of give us the big idea about what you talked about? Yeah. So the, the, put it simply, we're, we're going through this series on the patriarchs, the forefathers of the Jewish people. And so far it's almost all been Abraham. It has been all Abraham, yeah. Uh, but now we're switching to his son Isaac, and uh, the thing that that I kind of talked about in the sermon was that at first glance Isaac is like a total dud. Like, he's, he's got nothing go. He does nothing happens. He just yeah. sits there, not really. But you know what I mean. <laughs> like Abraham gets called out to leave this this place, and Jacob wrestles yeah. with God, and like there's all this stuff, and Isaac doesn't leave the promised land. Like <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. his one claim to fame. And so um, I, I look, we walked through the story and the one thing that you see repeated a ton in the story is this idea of digging wells and Isaac has to dig a well. And then the Philistines come in and tell him, actually, this is our well. And so he's like, <laughs> fill oh, it up with dirt. Yeah, exactly. Or they'll take it and steal it and just use it for themselves. But, and then, so he goes and digs another well and then something else happens and he goes and digs another well. And it's just like really repetitive. And um, basically I, I, realized as I was studying this passage, it kind of smacked me in the face, something I'd never seen before. And that is Isaac's calling was specifically to stay put. God said, don't leave, don't go to Egypt, even though there's a famine, stay put. And so he did. And to stay put in that land where he didn't own it, it was, it was occupied territory. He had to, he had to find a way to survive and keep his herds and flocks and crops watered. And so he had to dig wells. So for me, I looked at it and I was like, oh, for Isaac to stay put, he had to dig wells even if those wells got filled in, even if those wells were, you know, stolen from him, he had to dig more. You couldn't stay there without digging wells. And so that led me to kind of think more about what the, you know, what was this, why do we have this story in the first place? And ultimately it it has some interesting uh, 
lessons for us about how we, how we live when God calls us to stay put. And for us to stay put, we have to dig wells, not physical wells, but spiritual wells and hmm. uh, wells of, of discipline and practices of, of faith and things that will deepen our relationship with Christ and keep our spiritual life alive and vibrant. Um, because if we don't, there's a lot of Philistines that want to fill in our wells. And I, I yeah. talked about that, like Philistines of, of um, wealth and comfort and busyness and apathy. And just, there's plenty of stuff that wants to keep us from having a, a rich, deep faith if we're, if we're going to stay put here in the burbs. So that mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was really just calling people like to, to consider where, what wells do you need to dig in your own life? And grab I, a shovel. Grab a shovel. We got wells to dig. So yeah. that was essentially, the, the big idea in a sentence was, uh, if God calls you to stay put, you have to dig wells. Yeah. Have to dig spiritual wells. All right. So why didn't Isaac, like if God calls me to stay put, I'm like, okay, cool. But on the other side of that, I'd be like, but can you keep the Philistines from filling in my wells? Cause digging wells is a hard thing. Yeah. It is hard to dig a well. I, was that too much? I kind of no, got into like I details loved of that. I okay. was going to tell you, I loved that. Okay, good. Otherwise you get this like, very shallow, like they were uh, just puns. digging. Oh man. <laughs> Everything is a well yeah. pun. This is I'm sorry. really hard, you guys. <laughs> hey, nerd voice. That's oh. Marin's, Marin's nerd, nerd voice. voice. My wow. variation of it. You guys. You guys. Uh, <laughs> Emily, uh, make note of that <laughs> soundbite. This is really hard, you guys. <laughs> no, when you talked about the life-threatening nature of digging a well, yeah. when you talked about having to like, uh, fortify the walls. Otherwise they might cave in on you when you talked about going down as deep as they had to go. Yeah. People and people like myself yeah. who aren't familiar with the ancient well digging world's concept completely lost, completely lost on me. Yeah. I probably read that passage many times throughout my life and was probably speed reading because right. this is so boring. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Really? And yeah. then they dug more wells and then they dug wells and they named this well, Mama Mama. And then yeah, they named yeah. this well, this other name. Why are they even doing that? So thank right. you for taking the time to explain that stuff. It's I cool. Had to do, I had to do a little bit of uh, digging. digging. Oh <laughs> my God. Uh, <laughs> this is amazing. Tyler <laughs> loves puns. Yeah. I had to, no, I had to do some research because I, I didn't know, and this is how I always am. If I have a, a gap in my knowledge, I'm like, I gotta know. I gotta, That's awesome. I got, yeah. So I had to go look about, I had to understand a little bit more about hydrology and how like water mm-hmm. tables work because I didn't really understand that. And then I had to look in, how do you dig a well by hand? And there's actually a video and I should look it up and tell people where to look, but there's a video of people digging a well by hand somewhere in Mexico. Mm. And now they have sledgehammers to break up boulders and things like that. But when you get, when you look at what they're doing, it's like, wow, that is extremely labor intensive and that's today. So imagine yeah. the bronze age when they've got, right. you know, much no, more rudimentary tools. I'd be like, all right, I dug a well, God, I'll stay put, keep these rotten Philistines out of here, man. Cause I'm not digging another well. Yeah. That's, that's what I would yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I sat through your sermon four times this weekend. I'm so sorry. No, it was I'm good. Sorry. I, and I, and I'm glad I did because I literally picked up different things in each sermon, even just this 11 o'clock one, I picked up something that I didn't pick up in the three before it. Cool. One of those times I spent in the green room with my computer open in front of me because I need visuals. Yeah. So like you said something about Negev and that it was in the Northern region of the Negev. Am yeah, I right? Yeah. Right before you get into the Judean foothills where like the lead up to like yeah. Jerusalem. Yeah. So I just Googled it, yep. you know, I'm 
Googling while you're preaching. I that's hope that that's totally okay. totally acceptable. Yeah. But I found this picture of this like arid desert land mm-hmm. and it just so happens to have what appears to be like a crumbling well, like, yeah. a, like a ruin. And the headline of this article in the, is, it's like some sort of Israeli news service. The headline said, surprising discovery of bones from fuzzy rodents. Fussy, show, fussy rodents. Fussy rodents, you're right. Show, <laughs> I hope all rodents are fuzzy, <laughs> otherwise that'd be creepy. Show ancient Byzantines farmed Israel's Negev. Israel, Israeli archaeologists, um, they find remains of, a, I think it's Jerd is Jerd the name remains. of the, the rodent. I don't know what that is. Um, it indicates Ugh. that, this says Christians, but- Indicates that early Christians managed to master water harvesting and grow food in arid conditions, you know, all those years ago. So there's the wells are still standing. Yeah. The wells you talked about today are still there. That's pretty cool. And it's desert land. So like it led me to to have a deeper understanding of how important these wells were that you couldn't even farm or survive or raise anything without all of that. Right. And it makes sense that wells would take names because they they became crucial parts of the culture and the society. And I I'm and I didn't get into this, but I'm positive that I, as annoying and, and boring as it is, I'm sure that it, the ancient Israelites would have been like, "Oh, cool! So that's how the Sitna well got its name. We can go sure. look at it because it's still here, you know." <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, it's oh, I'm glad I'm glad that that was enlightening for you. I was worried that I was getting a little too down in the weeds on that, but no, not at all. Did you guys see my fun fact about the artesian well? So the, yeah, did you? I, I, I read all your fun facts, but you, here's the thing, Barry. I love you. You pack that thing so full of fun facts, yeah, I know. which is my favorite. Marin so now I'm like, I'm like, which fun fact are you talking about? Cause there yeah, were there so many, some pastors, I'm lucky if I get one, you gave me <laughs> a lot of fun facts. Well, this time I couldn't help it. I, I overdid it probably, but <laughs> no, there, there's a, it says at one point that Isaac's men discovered a, uh, a, a well of living water. And I looked that up in one, in, in a commentary somewhere. And it's literally, uh, sorry, what it, it says a well of fresh water in fresh the NLT water, yeah. and in, but literally it's living water mm. and that living water in, in, in scripture, whenever you see that, it means moving like water that's moving. And so what that means is they discovered an artesian well, which is a well that is dug and it, for, for whatever reason, the water below it is, uh, it can't come up through the ground, even though the water table is like swooping down. So it's under pressure, but the, the ground above it is not, is impermeable. So the water can't come through it. But when you poke a hole down, if you dig a well, the water then can come up because of the pressure you've, you've, it's like punching a hole in like a water balloon, all of a sudden the water starts shooting out. Mm. So it actually becomes like a spring where the water comes from deep underground, comes up and and essentially the water comes to you yeah. rather than having to send down buckets to get the water. The water comes to you, which it would have been like super handy <laughs> to yeah. have wow. in, in that time. Anyway. So, and again, the Philistines are like, no, nah, it's ours. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. Okay. So something else that I did probably in the green room, I don't remember when I did this, but I'm like, Wells, where have I seen that before? And this wasn't in your sermon, but I went to the fourth chapter of John, mm-hmm. Jesus and the woman at the well. Yep. And uh, I wanted to read part of this because it was really, really cool. Um, Basically, most of us are familiar with this story um, of Jesus finding a a Samaritan woman at the well. And uh, she says, well, he asks her for a drink and she says, I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. 
Mm-hmm. What? But sir, <laughs> you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor, Jacob, who gave us this well? So there's next week's ancestor who apparently also dug some wells. Yep. How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And the way that you just described what living water is, the water comes to you. You don't have to dig for it anymore. (laughs) Just like Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I've never ever put that together until you just said that. Oh my goodness. That's cool. Merritt will be preaching next weekend. If Tim Ayers were here, if Tim Ayers were here, he'd be like, well, obviously you didn't all know that. I'm sure. (laughs) But yeah. Wow. That's awesome. And yeah, so Jacob's well, I'm trying to look it up. I've been to the well. Have I've you? been there. It's a church now. It's like down in this like little, little thing. It's in this Samaritan village, which is now in the West Bank, but it's the village where, where Jesus talked to the Samaritan woman. Um, but I'm trying to figure out exactly um, where it's J- Jacob. I'm trying to figure out if it's in Genesis, the actual digging of that well. Oh, wow. But it's one that, yeah, one of the patriarchs dug. Well, Jacob dug, gave it to his son, Joseph, and then it became the well that they were still using thousands of years later That's or hundreds cool. of years later. Anyway. This is one of the cool things about not just this podcast, but hearing your sermon. Like it, it tips your, your mind to something and it makes you want to wait for it. Dig deeper. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I just feel really warm. But I know that I'm not <laughs> the only person who does that. Like right. I've spoken to plenty of other congregation members who's sometimes it's from Tim or from your dad or from you where they will then go and explore these things further. And yeah. that's super cool. Well, I appreciate the connection to living water with Jesus. I, until you said that, I never put two and two together. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, you're right, Marin. That'll preach. This is this story is usually one of those stories where like I'll flip open my Bible and I'll start reading it. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, Well, I wonder what's happening in John. And I'll just <laughs> <laughs> skip through it and be like, Oh, water into wine. That's way more exciting. But the way that you talked about it this weekend made this story come to life for me in a way that never had before. Cool. Oh, totally. Cool. Do you think getting called to stay is harder than getting called to go? Depends. Can be, can be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's part of what I talked about is um, we think of being called out as like this huge, you know, leap of faith. You've got to go into dangerous situations and all that. And it's true that that's hard. Like staying put, it's like, Hey, stay in your job. Hey, stay, <laughs> live yeah. at your house longer. It's like, okay, well that's not that hard, but the consequences, which I, I talk about, I touched on in my sermon is when you're being thrown out into the deep end and you are completely in over your head and you're mm-hmm. facing all these crazy dangerous situations, like you'd be a fool not to have your spiritual life on fire. Like you have to pray, you have to search scripture. Cause you're like, I'm, I'm holding on for dear life here, God, I need yeah. you. And I need to know what you're saying. And so you go looking for those things naturally. At least that was true for me. When you're here and you're comfortable, it becomes a lot easier to like wait and put off the, the whole searching for God thing. And it's like, oh, I'm just so busy. I'll read the Bible tomorrow. And I don't, I won't really need it. Maybe I'll just pray on my way to work instead of right now. And those kind of yeah, things. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it just, there's so much more uh, latitude for you to be able to, to slip and let it, let your mm-hmm. wells just start filling up. So 
So yeah. I, in that sense, I would say, yeah, staying put can be way harder mm-hmm. if you're trying to like maintain a deep thriving spiritual life. Yeah. Cause there's that. And then there's also the part where you're like, well, how come I'm not getting called to cool places? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that yeah. part too. That is probably hard to deal with. <laughs> Cause there was a part in my uh, point in my life where, and even after we got married, it was like, maybe God's calling us to go live in Ukraine because wouldn't that be cool? Mm. Right. (laughs) And then we ended up not doing that and we stayed put, but I was like, man, other people's lives sound way cooler and like, like more of a calling or something because I'm just sitting here working at an ad agency or now I'm working at a church. But at the time it was like, I'm just working at an advertising agency or living a Indianapolis suburban life. Like, other people's lives sound cool because they get to get they get to go places and do stuff, and I'm just yeah. like here. So that I feel like sometimes that's harder. Yeah. Then, well, I'm I'm really grateful. I, I I kind of started my sermon with the story. I compared my climb my climb of Kilimanjaro. Awesome yeah. pictures, by the way. Thank you. Pictures were great. Uh, <laughs> when I also used Smash Cut. Thanks. Yes, you no, did. Thanks to All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I compared I compared that as sort of like the quintessential end of my time yeah. travel in the world. Compared that to literally one year later when I was just so not myself. I was in a bad place because I was stuck here and I was doing spreadsheets yeah. and database stuff and I was like bored and just like completely at a loss as to why God would call me here. And so I use that as an example, because for me, that's exactly what happened. I was, I was, my faith was alive and thriving. I came back and all of a sudden it's like, Bleh. so mm. uh, you can make that a sound clip too, if you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when your picture came up where you were just like floating in the Jumping, air, yeah. yeah. my dad, right. I was sitting next to my dad and he goes, adventure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And I, okay. I calls picked, back to us talking about Barry doing that <laughs> literally just jumping in the air and screaming adventure. But the timing worked out great for when they put that picture up. Cause everyone kind of chuckled cause yeah. it's like, Oh look, he's having such a great time. And then immediately after that is when I'm start talking about like the spreadsheets and everything. And so yeah, yeah. it was, it, it did a good, they did a good job in the it production. Was literally booth. from on top of the world to like down in the valley. Yeah. Yeah. Now in the valley. Yeah. Yeah. For those who didn't see it, there was a, there's a picture of me where this wasn't actually at the summit to be clear, but, um, on day like three or three and a half or something like that, there was this ledge where, I mean, there was, I wouldn't have fallen to my death. It wasn't like a sheer cliff all the way down, but as far as you could tell, there was not really much anything behind me. And if, and because the cloud cover was low, we were so high above the clouds that someone had the idea of what if we jumped and took a picture. And so I jumped up, we took a picture and then I cropped it just enough to, so you don't see the ground below me. And it just looks like I'm (laughs) skydiving. People, multiple people have told me, I thought it was Photoshopped. So. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, um, you didn't get real practical. I did not in this sermon. And, um, I think my, my questions after watching or yeah, listening is, yeah, digging wells are hard. Where do I start? Like, what does that even mean? Practically digging a well. Um, and in the app you put, you put some practical steps, yeah. but what, I, what, what do you suggest? Cause you gave, you gave some, um, illustrations of people that you know, Yeah. but what is like the first thing people can do? If they're like, all right, I'm, I feel like I'm being called to stay where I am right now. And I know that I need to deepen my well or dig a well, but I don't even know what, it, like, what am I supposed to do? So 
Can you talk a little bit about what you're thinking there? Yeah. Yeah. And I put the five points at the end of the app. We can talk through those if you want, but I think big picture, what it, for me, when I think about digging wells, it's like, it, it's taking charge of your spiritual life and saying, this isn't just going to be something that happens to me. I'm going to make it happen. Mm. And, and that involves for sure prayer finding what is your, I, I did put that as one, find your best prayer shovel and <laughs> dig like what, what means of praying, what way of praying, what routine, what time of praying, like what is it that's going to allow you to best connect with God on a regular basis? Because I mean, first and foremost, if we're not communing with God, who the one who's called us to be here, yeah. what are we doing? You know? Mm. Yeah. And, and I would be the first to admit that prayer can be really, really tricky and hard because you've got a lot of distractions. You've got your brain monkeys. You've got, you've got- Yeah, slow down on the brain monkeys. What does that mean? Every, okay, if you like in the middle of a busy week, if you just sat down and closed your eyes and tried not to think of anything- You're thinking of monkeys? No, there are little monkeys in your brain that <laughs> remind you of all the things you need to be thinking okay. about. They're swinging yeah. off of branches and being yeah. like, have you thought about what you're going to eat for dinner? And they're like, hello, I'm a monkey. And uh, also don't forget about this relationship that's been a little bit awkward recently. And it's like, so you're trying to like- I have never heard such a great monkey impersonation. Bravo. Well, Not just that, it's the face too. Yeah, I yeah, wish yeah. you could see it. You can't face. see that on the, on the podcast. Oh but. man. Yeah. So the brain monkeys are just like, you can't, it's really hard for us, man. This is when I wish we were just farmers. No. Why? Because, because when you're like, I wish we just had simple lives where we were just out in the fields all day. How and it's just simple? you and your thought. No, I mean, it's no, a lot no, of work. No, no. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but it's, it's, you're not like my day is like, bing, click, 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 click. Let me talk about it. It's all emails. It's like, and then it's like, I get in the car and it's like, listen to music. And it's like, I, there's no stillness yeah. in my life. And so the brain monkeys, they're, they like, they feed off of all of that. Yeah, you know, you know sure. that's fascinating that you say that. Cause my, my former life in Chicago, I couldn't drive anywhere without listening to music. I listen yeah. to music all the time. Ever since I came here, silence yeah. on my way to really? and on my way from work. I just can't even have it. On purpose? I, yeah. I, and I, and it, it wasn't like a decision I made. It's just it a pattern that I've fallen into. And I think it's because we all live lives like that. Just, right. and, and some, I'm sure yours is more that way than mine is for sure. But it's just nonstop, bing, 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 answer right. this, answer that, right. do this, do that. And so now I just drive home in total silence. Right. I feel and, weird when I drive in silence. Why do you feel weird? I'm just like, something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's too quiet. And then I just. It's because you're, you're sitting there. You're like, wait a second. I'm, it's just me. Yeah. Me and my thoughts. I don't like that. Nope. Nope. Radio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Drown them out. Yeah. Hurry. So anyway, I just, some, that's why I'm like, man, if we were just farmers, like we'd spend all day just being out in the field, working. Digging wells. Simple, still. And then it's like, hey, I think I'll pray right now. Great. I already thought about all the stuff I need to think about. So no, man, I don't want to be a farmer. <laughs> no. Wow. Okay. A guy can dream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we are not all farmers. My grandfather was a farmer and I'm sure he had monkeys of his own <laughs> brain monkeys <laughs> of his own. Yeah. Man, did I water that? Did I forget to do that? Did I forget to oil and grease this contraption? Like just there's the MacGuffin. so much involved. <laughs> when the word, the MacGuffin. It's not a MacGuffin. I did not describe that well enough, clearly. Uh, when uh, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, I'm pretty sure people of all times have 
struggled with, you know, distractions yeah. Yeah. and things, um, things that are trying to pull their attention away from, yeah. you know, creating moments of silence and solitude. So find mo moments to settle down the brain monkeys. Number yeah. two is <laughs> make weekend worship a non-negotiable. And your dad talked about this mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago as well. Why is that so important to dig a well? Okay. So this is, I, I realize some people will be like, well, of course you want us to come to church every week. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it's so like, listen we, to me. We gain something from, from that. It's not that, but yeah, exactly. Like I want more people to hear my sermons. That's <laughs> yeah. what it's, yeah, no, no, but there's something about the routine of it. The, the saying, I will mm -hmm. be with other people. I will be with the community and we will worship God together. Yeah. And regard, whether I'm feeling phenomenal or I'm having the worst week of my life, I'm going to be there and God will be there. It's like, it's like a, it's like a date with God. You're like, I'm going to set this time aside and I'm going to give it to God. It's 75 minutes, first of all, which is not that huge. Oh no, it's not. Of a commitment, mm -mm. but it's just saying, I'm going to be here. Maren, what, Maren's what, not. What? No, no. It's not a huge commitment? It's or? not a huge commitment. I've come from churches where it's hours and hours <laughs> oh, yeah, and yeah, hours yeah. on end. Yeah. This is like, you're in, you're yeah. out. <laughs> and Wait. yeah, in, in Kenya there, the, I would go to church. It would be, uh, you'd started at like nine in the morning and you'd be done at one, two, yeah. Yeah. What about, yeah. what about streaming? Better than nothing. Yeah. For sure. But I feel like there's something about being in the room mm -hmm. uh, that, that just doesn't. So I'm not, there's nothing wrong with streaming. And I, I like Marin, you've got a great philosophy because you guys, you guys are here no matter what, but if you can't be for some reason, mm -hmm. you stream so that you can still be a part of what happened mm -hmm. in the room, even if you're not necessarily in the room. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this is our community, right? You know, this it's, this is a part of our community, I should say. Um, and we don't want to miss out. Right. You know? Right. Um, right. This isn't just like rock music and a TED talk that make you feel good and think. It's like, this is, there's actually, this is what yeah. church is. is Although, part of, yeah. I got to be honest, I almost streamed today because I woke up at three o'clock to my dog going, <gasps> <laughs> Save that one, Emily. <laughs> And I was up with that dumb dog from three to five with him doing that about every five seconds. <laughs> Did you figure out what it was? No, it, I like got up <laughs> and went and slept on the couch. Cause if I put him in his cage, he'll bark. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right. So I took him downstairs <laughs> and he just stopped all of a sudden. And then I brought him back upstairs, but I, I woke up when it was time to get up and get ready for church. I was like, uh, I want to stream, <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't do it. Well, good for you. I'm in. Uh, number three is get better at feeding yourself. Okay. This is more of a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> so okay. people, people have this sort of way of looking at sermons or just church in general. And they talk, they say things like, how are you going to feed me? Feed me. Like I want, I want, I want you to feed me, feed me. And I'm like, babies need someone to feed them. Like feed yourself. But oh, Emily, you've got a lot Whoa. of material. Sorry. I've got, yeah. this is what happens. When we, I haven't had a night's sleep since I preached. I'm like, whatever. It's making voices. But yeah. it, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. People, they, they, they put the expectation on me or whoever's preaching. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to give me all the food that I for need the for the week. All the spiritual mm -hmm. nourishment is going to come from your lips and right into my heart. And then they're like, well, why didn't that last me all week? I need, you know, that's why between Sundays exists. That's the, <laughs> that that's is right. why. Well, it, it really is. is. Honestly, I promise bite, that's why. Take a big bite of between <laughs> <Yep>. Sundays. <laughs> take a big bite. <laughs> 
Marin's got a big spoon. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, all that to say, like, I think sermons can be really rich. And even like what you were saying, Marin, you always end up like, it inspires you to go look more and read Mm -hmm. more and stuff like that. So don't, there's nothing wrong with sermons as a great source of, of nourishment and thought provoking stuff. But like, you have to find, you have to make it your own. Your faith can't just be something that's told to you. You know, you have to live it. Mm-hmm. And the only way to live it is to actually go searching and, and feed yourself and find the things that you, like if you're wrestling with something, you're struggling with something, don't just wait till the weekend so that someone can tell you how to, how to act. We might be talking about something that has nothing to do with what you're going through. Yeah. Like go search the scriptures yourself. Go talk to somebody who's gonna, you know, give you a, a, a insight. Yeah. You know, go pray with people. So anyway. Yeah. And that leads us to the last one, which is read the Bible, not just books about the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's a lot, there's a whole industry Mm. of Christian books and many of them are quite good. However, many of them are not. (laughs) Even the ones that are quite good are not the authoritative inspired word of God. You know, there is something about the Bible Mm -hmm. that, that you need in your life. Yeah. Period. Now, uh, you know, whether you listen to it or read it or whatever, or meditate on a specific passage or whatever, it don't, don't, don't let, or don't expect the pastor who's preaching at you to be your only conduit, the only connection point to the word of God. Let it be a direct relationship. Yeah. Let God speak to you through it. And I get that because we talk about background and we talk about context and we talk about all that stuff that it can be really intimidating. For sure. It can be. That's the way I feel. Like, how am I supposed to know any of this when you guys are telling me about context? Right. So A, you're totally right. And I get that. We're working uh, behind the scenes. This will probably be a a few years of, of work, but we're going to hopefully be creating some resources that will be a really simple way for grace people specifically to, to know what they're looking at. So yeah. I, I envision some kind of a, a booklet or something where if you're like, I'm gonna read in Galatians today, you will have a, a cheat sheet. And I'm sure there's other people who've done this before already, but that was something specifically tailored for grace people, a cheat sheet that just says, here's what we know about who wrote it. This is the context that, he, that he's writing to. Um, this, this particular part of the book is about this. This particular book is about this. And here are five things that you need to know about the culture that will make sense in this passage, something like that. That's good. You know, just to help take away some of that. The other thing is, I will say it's not as complicated as you might think. So the the New Living Translation, the NLT, has done a really good job of actually doing some of that work for you. They have translated things in such a way that when you read it, uh, it it makes sense to you intuitively in a way that that if you just read sort of like another, an older version, which was trying to be more literal, mm-hmm. uh, it, it might not, you'd be like, what? what is this even talking about? You know? Yep. And so yeah. um, th- that's another thing that I think we've got going for us. Basically all I'm trying to say is uh, give it a shot. If you, if you feel like you don't, I, I'm working with, I'm doing way of discipleship with, with three guys and uh, right now, and we're all working through uh, studying the word of God. And so what I've done with them is we're, we're looking through the book of Ephesians together. So I'm having them read the book of Ephesians and I've given them a, some resources that Tim Ayers wrote up about, that he was teaching about the book of Ephesians just to give them some of the background context. And so I had them read the book, read Tim's notes, uh, read the book again, and then identify a specific issue in the book that they're intrigued by and then read the book again and then identify the passages that have to do with that issue. And then I give them a few extra resources that I found for that issue. And then they read the book again and then they study those passages closely. And 
They're oh, so there. hard. I know it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's so but hard. You should hear the conversations we're having. These are guys that one of whom is really, really new in his faith. And he's like coming to these really strong conclusions, not because mm-hmm. I told him what to think, but because he read the Bible himself. So it's totally doable, even if you're not some sort of biblical scholar. And final thing, I know I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry. If you are reading the Bible and you're really confused, you can email my dad, Tim Ayers, myself. Not me. You could you could email Tyler. You can email Marin. You could email us. We exist. We're here, and this is what we do. So if you have a question, I hope you'd send it to me. I hope yeah. you send it to Tim or Dad. That's good. When I was sixteen, I worked at Moody Bookstore, and the books that I didn't like, I would hide. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So like censorship. Tyler. Seriously, <laughs> there were there were books about like how Harry Potter was from the devil. <laughs> so you'd hide those. And I would I would put them like on the top of the shelf facing the other way. So people who wouldn't know what or where they were. You wouldn't want someone to stumble into that. In That's words. right. Yeah. I, read the Bible, man. You don't need these books. That's what the witches and warlocks exactly want, want yeah. from you. They're, they're glad that you hit those books. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Exactly. wow. <laughs> well, Barry, uh, thank you for that message. Um, we know that next week we are wrapping up our called out series. What? what? Nothing. Do you have other Marin things? Had a look. Do you have other? Yeah. What? What? I wish you guys wouldn't look at my face when I'm sitting across <laughs> what? from you. What? Friend, we're sitting here. We're talking. No, I. What just, else you got? I'm. She's not done with this. Yeah. Topic. I don't think I am, guys. I'm sorry. I was trying to I move on, hear, but here we go. I'm thinking about the people who heard your message today, who are in very difficult circumstances. Yeah. And are being challenged to stay. Now, not everybody was mm. like told this yeah, morning yeah. or, or last night, thus saith the Lord, you need to stay. Right. You know, that was not like, you were not giving a prophetic word. What you were saying is when sometimes- you're, If you're called to stay, You're called to go and yeah. sometimes you're called to stay. So as I thought about this message from as many different angles as I could while I was listening to it, I thought about times in my life where it's just been such a grind and like- yeah. Are you kidding me? You're telling me to stay right now. And and for some people, it's not just a matter of spreadsheets and like the mundane that yeah. makes it hard. For some people, it's like very painful, grueling life yeah. situations that at this point there there just isn't a way out and and all of that. So Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, so here's here's what I my response to that. You're that's a great point. Cause I was talking specifically and for my own experience, mm-hmm. staying for me was a matter of it being challenging and mundane and not the fact that it was like Kilimanjaro. deeply painful or whatever. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so as you were saying that, the thing that popped immediately to mind is the is the thing that God says to, to Isaac twice. He, he speaks to Isaac twice in Genesis and both times he says the exact same thing. Um, or maybe he only says it once. Uh, he says it once. He does not say it twice. Sorry. Here's what he says. Here's what he says to Isaac though. We can read it twice. We could, I'll just read it twice. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, I love this. I love this because this is, this is after Isaac's been digging well after well, after well, after well. And I didn't continue, but there's another well that he digs after the passages that I read today. So another well, even after that, but um, he is reiterating his promises and he says, I'm the God of your father, Abraham. And this is uh 26, 24. And he says, do not be afraid for I am with you and I will bless you. 
I'm with you and I will bless you. And I think in the midst of all, all the situations where folks are being called or feel like they're just stuck staying put, they don't have a choice maybe. Mm-hmm. God is looking at them just like he looked at Isaac and saying, guys, I'm with you. You are not alone in this. Mm. I'm with you and and I'm not going anywhere and I'm gonna bless you. Like it, it, it's going to happen. And yeah, so I, all that to say, that's a that's a good word and it's a good catch. I think if, if anything else, just, if you want to just ignore all the well digging stuff, if this is, if you're feeling particularly, you know, in that place, just look at the words, I will be with you yeah. and I will bless you. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Hmm. Okay. Now I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Barry, thank you for that message. Oh yeah. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, uh, <laughs> it was a great weekend. And next week we get to wrap up this series called out and we are talking about Jacob, right? Jacob. Yes. And uh, yes. wrestling. We're going to put on your singlets guys. Cause we're going to be wrestling <laughs> next weekend. Uh, we're going to miss the whole thing where he like deceives poor Isaac and like steals yeah. his birthright and the oh, conflict man. with Esau and all that. There's a lot to get into, but, yeah. mm-hmm. but we're straight. We're skipping straight to the wrestling part. Uh, Dave will be here to share um, what he had to say. So we'll see you next week. But until then, Marin. My turn. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we will see you on the other side of Sunday. (laughs) 